Hello everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of We're In Between, the podcast that discusses about every single episode of As Told By Ginger once a week. Last week we discussed about uh, what many people consider to be the worst episode of the entire series, Wicked Game. If you want to know about what our thoughts on this episode, then go listen to that podcast. But this week we are discussing about episode 45, which is called The Easter Ham. This episode debuted on April 11th, 2004, and it was written by Eric Casimiro. In this episode, Lois and Joanne fight over the last ham for Easter in the supermarket. Joanne has to go to the hospital, and she made the Foutleys off-limits to the bishops. Ginger has decided whether to throw Darren's birthday party without Dodie or not. In the meantime, Carl, Brandon, and Hoodsie began to sell Easter candy. When Brandon quits, Hoodsie takes over as the entertainer, but Joanne's feud with the Foutleys complicates matters. Thank you so much for listening, and we're in between. Someone once told me the grass is much greener. We have a lot of cool stuff planned for Season 3. Being proud of who you are, no matter what you do. You definitely see the characters progress a lot more. They start growing up. I think Ginger and Darren are endgame. It is a masterpiece of an episode. Oh, it's the cattiest moment in the history of television. Trust me, everybody has been excited for our thoughts on it. Who's the girl in the pink capri? It's Courtney, it's Courtney! Okay, so right before we discuss about this episode, we need to go back to last week. I know, I know, we already discussed about it in detail, but let's discuss about it, but more particularly the ending. So, last time on We're In Between, Patricia and Casey were discussing about the ending to Wicked Game, and how it left it on a cliffhanger, with Ginger learning that Miranda, Mipsy, Dodie, and Macy were going to break up her and Darren. Mer Ginger was completely upset and not willing to speak to Dodie and Macy. Dodie left an apology at her voicemail, and the episode begins with them being friends again. What?! <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh, God, where do we start? But I do think we should evaluate the episodes on their own merits. I know they're part of a narrative. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. No. As told That's by Ginger, true. has had a reputation throughout this entire series at this point for following continuity. They follow up with references that have been following up in previous episodes and bringing them back. They're pretty well with continuing on the storyline. So it kind of makes me really upset to know that an episode that has such a really strong, somber note at the end, and then it just leads up to something incredibly happy. This is like that South Park episode in which, um, you know, you have uh, Stan who is looking at everything that is crap, and um, everybody else has seen this as incredibly funny, and we have, um, you know, his parents are arguing with one another and they're gonna break up, and then it leads off with a cliffhanger, and you're thinking, wow, what's gonna happen next? And then the ending becomes incredibly disappointing with, you know, Stan being diagnosed with Asperger syndrome and is being played off like the Matrix. And, mm. you know, um, you know, Stan's parents are thinking about getting back together and that whole thing pretty much never happened. 
Yeah, no, I'm not familiar with South Park, but I, I, I should edit my statement. Of course, it, the continuity matters in the show, and it matters a lot. But I guess what I'm trying to say is, all of that being said, that we think that it was garbage, the transition between this episode and the last, we should also try to look at the episodes a little bit on their own as well, and see if they have anything to offer to the show as a whole. Yeah, I guess so, but man, just knowing that we will never get a conclusion to Wicked Game just really hurts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. I'm, I'm okay. I'm calm now. So, okay. Shall, shall we dive in? Yeah, let's let's do this. Okay, so the episode begins with Ginger, Dodie, and Macy as friends. Don't ask me how and why. And they're talking about planning for Darren's birthday party. And they're talking about how they're going to miss their favorite soap opera and that they're waiting for Darren so that he can be able to walk them home. We have Courtney and Miranda offering them a ride, but they decline. And they're watching the opera, uh, the soap opera on their car TV. So Darren finally shows up and they're watching the soap opera together. Oh my god, the soap opera is just so ridiculously over the top. In dark, she I know she ends up being okay, but she jumps out of she tries to kill herself right right on this show. That was I was not expecting that. No, I mean in and she was gone, they treated suicidal depression as really serious. So it was kind of shocking to you know, for them to play off suicide as a joke. Yeah, that I didn't love that move. It was kind of a funny parody at first, and you know, Macy being sort of up to snuff in all of the tropes of or was it Dodie? Probably Dodie. I think that right, all, all three of all three of them were like really clinging on to what happens next with this character. I want to know. Right, right. Can we uh, can we talk about the Easter Bunny song? I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, but so basically, uh, Carl and Hudsey are are going door to door with Brandon in an Easter Bunny costume, just performing a little song. Uh, we have this great line from Carl. He says, we're making a fortune embarrassing Higsby while selling last year's candy, which, you know, we're seeing the com the full realization of Carl going full capitalist, and it's pretty exploitative and pretty garbage. And they end up firing Brandon because he's too much, and this song is nuts. Oh, it's so good. It's so Higsby. It's so extra. And when they fire Higsby, he says... When you hire Brandon Higsby, you get showy, you get flash, you get pizzazz. <laughs> I've decided I am a big Brandon Higsby fan, even though he's the worst. <laughs> yeah, I just wish that he kind of had that same pizzazz and driven to extremes with the pet show. Oh, jeez, absolutely. Yeah, where was it? That where was that? <laughs> yeah, I know continuity is pretty much going all over the place, isn't it? So. Um, so now, um, Hoodsie is dressing up in the Easter Bunny cos- Oh, uh, by the way, this is an Easter episode. I forgot- I guess we forgot to mention that. I didn't really think of it as, like, a holiday special, but I guess everything in the plot relates to the holiday. Yeah, that is true, and there are not a lot of Easter-themed episodes in true. Nicktoons. I mean, there's, uh, there's a Rugrats one, and- uh, I can't think of any on the top of my head, but I'm sure there's, like, a handful of them. So, yeah, it's an Easter episode, everybody. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't really feel like it. So, um, the only ex you know, the only exception would be that you know Brandon and eventually Hoodsy dress up as the Easter Bunny and they're going around with candy. But yeah, the most for the most part, it's uh, the first half is focusing on Ginger planning on Darren's birthday party. This episode aired on Sunday, April 11th, which was Easter 2004. So that's interesting. Huh, that's very interesting because mm, I don't think the other holiday specials actually aired to the day. 
Right, some weren't even close. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I, I mean, sure, I Spy a Witch aired on October twenty sixth, but then the Eve and even Stephen Holiday special aired on December tenth. So yeah, oh. so it's actually really interesting that they actually aired it to the day. And also, you know, this episode t it came out a year, or like almost a few months. Like let's see, August and April, so like over almost a year after Wicked Game. So let's imagine that you know somebody who uh, watches Told by Ginger on TV and. They're thinking about like, oh man, what's gonna happen next? And they have to wait at least a few months later, and then they find out that they never followed up on it. I'm sure they would have been pretty angry. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, so continue. I know we're bringing up Wicked Game. I'm sorry, everybody, but I'm. I, you just cannot look at Easterham without thinking about Wicked Game, especially right. with the ending. So yeah, I'm sorry. Let, let's let's look at it in its own merits. Anyway, so. Um, so we continue on, and um, they're, they're, um, so Darren's party is um, apparently becoming like the hottest party that's going on in junior high. Like everybody's excited about going, and um, you know, there's a whole bunch of invitations that are going around and stuff like that. And it's kind of shocking considering that you know, if it was a, a you know, like a party from season one that Ginger was going to throw, you know, maybe with the exception of the even Stephen Holiday special, not everybody from middle school was going to be attending. So it just shows about how far Ginger has come in her status and popularity since then. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think going away for a while really just boosted the, like, excitement factor about her. So now we can get into the actual conflict of this episode. So um, Lois is doing some shopping, and there just so happens to be one ham left. And Lo and uh, Joanne wants that ham as well, so they rush into each other to try to grab the ham. And you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of Christmas with the Cranks. That's not a good thing, by the way. So they rush into each other, and Joanne gets injured and ends up in the hospital. And um, then when they finally check up on Joanne, she pretty much um, forbids their kids to ever mingle with the Foutleys, and she wants nothing to do with them anymore. Yeah, she really goes off the deep end here. And, you know, it's because she thinks she's faced with death, and that's scary and all, but blaming all of her pro family's problems on the Foutleys is so ridiculous and insulting. Yeah, I mean, sure, it, it is true that, you know, Joanne being sick with food poisoning and almost being attacked by a maniac did happen in Lunatic Lake, and that, um, you know, there have been many times in which Carl has ruined Joanne's life, uh, you know, like, for example, in Sleep On It, in which she ruined her book club and all that stuff. So, yes, it is true that Carl has caused a lot of trouble, but the entire Feltleys? I don't think so. Like, you know, Joanne was willing to help Lois and her family out in TGIF by letting them stay in the rumpus room when their house was being fumigated. Did she forget that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, uh, she's just so unself-aware, and we'll, we'll see that again next week, won't we? <laughs> Man, we're, we're, it's just drama city, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is. So yeah, now Ginger is going through a conundrum. Should she continue doing the party without Dodie, or should she throw the party for Darren? So should she focus on her best friend or her boyfriend? And uh, I'm sorry, I, I really need to bring this up again. Uh, you know, if, if there was a real follow-up to Wicked Game, maybe she would have definitely leaned towards Darren because she wouldn't be talking to Dodie. 
Okay, I'm sorry. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> no, all very fair criticisms. Okay, so, yeah, it, it just becomes really complicated for her. She doesn't know what to do. And Carl is not doing well with selling the candy because Hoodsy's not around. Uh, both of them are suffering without the bishops. Yeah, that's true. Um, so when we get back to the Hoodsy and Carl plot, they since they've fired Higsby, now Hoodsy is the one in the bunny suit. And uh, it's pretty great. He sort of takes it down a notch, and it's still wonderful watching Hoodsy do the song and dance about Easter and candy and all that. So I got a kick out of that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and it's nice to know that Hoodsy can perform the same thing in a subtle way, as opposed to Brandon, in which he goes incredibly over the top. It's like comparing Shakespeare to a Broadway musical. Yeah, I suppose that's a fair assessment, yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, throughout, throughout, so later on throughout the episode, they're still, uh, so basically they're still struggling about whether they should keep the friendship and whether, you know, that Ginger should throw the party or not. And then Carl and Hoodsy have their fight with one another and they kind of go into their own competition. So, yeah, things start getting a little bit messy between them. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't really have a ton to add about this whole plot. I do think it's funny that Dr. Dave is just the go-to doctor for everything in Sheltered Shrubs. And as hinted at before, Dr. Dave does become uh, a lot more... Um, he, he, does, he does feature himself a lot more in Season 3, especially when it comes to helping out with, uh, you know, the Foutley's problems. He's kind of like the, the go-to-er to... Um, he's basically, like, there to help solve their problems and help things, uh, you know, smooth things out, which is nice to see that Dr. Dave is still really helpful with them. Right. Yeah, no, he's great. It's just funny to me that he's always the doctor for the, you know, Carl's chin for this. Yeah, exactly. So now I guess we can cut into the birthday party. So uh, Ginger is decorating and she's de she's decorating for Darren's party and they're setting everything up and everything is looking nice until, um, you know, Ginger kind of has like a little change of heart. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. When she sneaks in. And uh, to bring her to the party, which is great because it's a moment where the kids realize that the adults are in the wrong and they try to correct it themselves and you can't really blame them. And it is funny when Joanne finally gets the diagnosis that she's not, she didn't really have a heart attack. It was just like an esophagus thing. She goes, well, I suppose I did overreact. You know, sometimes it's Hoodsy's fault. And, you know, I've never had an issue, or Ginger has never done anything to make me resent her as Ginger is sneaking Dodie out of the house. It's, I thought that was really funny. Yeah, that was that actually was pretty funny. It's, uh, you know, it's, it, you know, it's kind of like one of those trope things in which, like, the kids have to solve everything while the grown-ups are acting incredibly immature. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, so basically everything works out in the end. The Foutleys and the bishops are friends again, and the party goes off really smoothly. So, yeah, I guess there's not really much to say in the matter, so I guess that's pretty much how the episode ends. So, yeah, I guess uh, not really much to say about this, so let's give our ranking of yay, nay, or meh. Uh, so, yeah, what are your thoughts about this? This one's another meh from me that I imagine many fans would give it a nay, but the Easter Bunny song alone makes me love it. <laughs> um, I don't know, I thought there was an intro the, the Foutleys versus the Bishops is a really interesting dynamic, and I thought this did it pretty well, even though I think Mrs. Bishop is a bit too much of a caricature at times. I'll, I enjoyed parts of this episode, I didn't enjoy how it 
you know, picks up after the last episode, which is a bit a major criticism, but yeah, it's a meh. <sighs> okay, so I'm going to give it a meh slightly towards the nay. Definitely the nay aspect in which it does not follow up with Wicked Game and just left that cliffhanger for nothing. Sure, in Summer of Camp Caprice, we did talk about how it was a shame that the whole subplot about the dog napper was never really fully um, explained and it was just pretty much a throwaway line in Never Can Say Goodbye but at least they followed up on that the, the plot from last week is never brought up ever again there's no mention about how Ginger Doty and Macy got back together there's no mention about how you know Miranda starts stomaching uh, the fact that she should be a little bit nicer to Ginger there's no you know, there's there's no explanation on how, you know, Dodie and Macy are okay with Ginger and Darren being together. None of that is going to be answered, and it just really pisses me off to know that. However, looking at it in its own merit, and the fact that they try to follow it up with another dramatic thing, with two people arguing with one another and not speaking to each other, it's kind of a downer. Just the fact that we will never get that closure from last week, and then this one, it just feels incredibly underwhelming it's just pretty minuscule it's like oh we're fighting over a ham it you know couldn't you just go to another store and get one and yeah that didn't totally make sense to me yeah and then of course with mrs bishop saying like oh the Fautleys ruin everything i'm never gonna speak to them again just that was incredibly over the top and just way out of line it's so unnecessary so yeah i mean there were some parts of it that I was really enjoyable like of course like you were saying before about the Easter Bunny song and you know just Ginger thinking to herself okay I still can't do this without my best friend Dodie I'm gonna go to her and we're gonna you know see if we can get um, our parents to you know mingle and to become friends again so that part was nice other than that yeah just didn't really care about this episode I'm gonna give it a meh as a standalone episode but as a continuation I'm gonna give it a nay I second that. All right, well, that's it for this episode. Next week, we have About Face, episode 46 of the show. We'll see you guys then. Thanks so much for listening.